Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Mindful Mostly. I'm Andrea Collins. Yep, this is a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. We want to live our best lives, grow, connect with ourselves in the spiritual world, feel good, but in a fun, honest way. We need realness in the wellness world. And that is what being mindful mostly is all about. Thanks for being part of the community. On today's show, Feng Shui expert Laura Morris is here. She's going to tell us how to use our living spaces to improve our chi. Mm -hmm. You can be someone that uses the word chi now. And she's going to explain to us what we need to do in our homes to attract love, wealth, and positive energy, no matter how much clothes you have lying around. By the way, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, Purge Your Crap to Clear Your Mind, do so. These ones really work well together. So I gotta tell you, I'm so excited. There's some big things happening this week. We have the very first Mindful Mostly event on Thursday here in Toronto. It's going on at The Quiet Company. So if you live here or you're in town, please come. There's still some tickets available and it's gonna be a great night. We're gonna dive into our deepest desires. You'll be guided through a series of rituals. There's gonna be a water ceremony, a write and release, meditation, um, intentional movement. It's, you're gonna walk out of that place feeling so good. So try to join us. Some kids are still available. Hit up the Mindful Mostly Instagram at Mindful Mostly and click on the bio there. There's a link for you to get tickets. Shout out to people who have been giving some major love to the pod online, by the way, including Kitty Pritch, who was really deal who was really loving last week's episode, um, Purge Your Crap to Clear Your Mind. And keep giving that love. Also, I want to send you a five-minute magnetism session. It's called the High Vibe Five. It's got like breath work and affirmations and intention setting all mixed in to five minutes. This is such a game changer. I want to send that to you in exchange for a review of the podcast, which you can do on iTunes. You just write your review, take a screenshot, email it to me at Andrea at mindfulmostly.com, and I'm going to send you back the High Vibe Five. Super simple, right? Okay. Before we get, oh yeah, and then the other big thing happening this week is that I'm getting married on Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're doing it at City Hall. It's going to be very small because we're having a party later in the summer with our families. Um, so it's just Steve and I and our witnesses. And people have been asking me, are you going to wear white? Do you have a dress? We are going totally funky. Yeah. I'm thinking some patterns. I'm thinking very untraditional. Something that when our kids look at the photos 30 years from now, they'll be like, were mom and dad rock stars or what? <laughs> at least that's the hope. As we all know with photos, what we're going for isn't necessarily achieved. Okay, let's get into the soul nugget. I have two for you this week. This one... I hope that you've had time to sit alone in nature now that the weather is warmer. Listen to this. It's from Shakespeare, actually. The earth has music for those who listen. And this one's for all the ladies out there, all of us who are working on improving ourselves and having the life we dream of every day. And so 
she decided to start living the life she imagined. Get it, girl! Yes, feng shui expert Laura Morris is here. Laura, how'd you get into it in the first place? Well, I was in corporate for a really long time and um, always, you know, artistic, creative, et cetera, et cetera, and started practicing and doing uh, design, so decorating and design on the side. And then that ended up actually becoming my career. And I moved into becoming a designer, to your designer and decorator. And as I started to practice more yoga. I'm also a, a yoga instructor and I'm meditating and starting to get into that um, more mindful state of mind. I found it wasn't really what I was looking for doing the design and I really wanted to have something that would work with what I was working for in my life. So I'm like, okay, so what can I do that's, you know, related, but still dealing with spaces. And so I always sort of think of it as like yoga for your home, what I do. So it was perfect. So I thought feng shui, like that's a perfect connection where I can work with energy, but I can work with people's spaces. Brilliant. That's sort of how it, how it progressed and came about. Yeah. For sure. Because I can imagine otherwise, um, like you've got to find the niche in what you love. And so it's more authentic to you. And it sounds like you did exactly that with feng shui. Do you find that um, now especially since now there's a big shift towards wellness for a lot of people. Are, are you having more interest in this than ever before? People are just feeling that there is a something missing and they know, they get it. They get that there's, your space can really impact how you live your life and that the energy in that space is, you know, is really key. What's the definition of feng shui? Wind and water is that's what it translates as. And it's a over 4,000 year old practice. So it's been around and it's really evolved over the, the centuries. And there are different approaches and different ways to practice it. But it is essentially a way to work with the person and how that person interacts with the environment. So it has to do with your own chi. We call it chi, which is energy. And that how that how your chi how your personal chi how your personal energy how that clicks and how it works with whatever is happening wherever you are at that point so it could be a house it could be a property um it could be an office so it's it's things that you can't see uh you don't really get it but you definitely can feel it so and some people are really tuned into it and some people aren't super tuned into it but they just know that something's off and so it's that idea of working with the space and the environment to make it more supportive for you and to sort of, I like to think, smooth out all the rough edges, you know, that of the, of the energetic edges. That's so cool. <laughs> so yeah. what what are common feng shui mistakes? Like for everyone listening today, um, let's let are there some basics that we need to pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, there's the typical stuff you'll hear. Clutter, clutter isn't actually really a feng shui concept, but it is because... Western society is so obsessed with collecting things um, and holding things and having stuff that that it, it ends up blocking the way energy can flow. So it sounds really simplistic to just declutter, and everyone's like, oh, my God, I've heard that a thousand times. But really, and everyone's version of what decluttering means is different. So, you know, there are some people energetically that need to have certain collections of things, and they need to have that around them, and that is totally cool. You don't want to have them, like, become minimalist. 
But there is this sort of sense that, okay, take a look at what is happening when you walk in the door. Is, are, is stuff being blocked? Because that's what we call the mouth of cheese. That's where all the energy is coming in. Mm. But I would say for me, the really quick thing I do is when you come to somebody's house and see what that front entrance is like, is it inviting? And can you work, can you walk into it and move through it pretty easily and, um, you know, without bumping into things or hitting things or tripping over things? Because wherever you walk, that's the same way that energy will flow. So if, if you're feeling like you have to squeeze through here or like, you know, shimmy past this, that's what's going to end up. That's what the that's what the energy is going to have to do, too. Wow. Yeah. So it's like it blocks you from walking in the door, all the stuff, but it also blocks the chi. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about when it comes to your living room? So the living room is, it depends. If it's a family room space where you really want people to come together, um, I always say, you know, having it be comfortable, but having it so that people can actually sit and look. And this is also part of my design background. Like, the, the, the focal point becomes the television, which, you know, you kind of want to shape it so that you can still have conversation areas. And a nice thing to have is a round shape. So if you're having, let's say, some issues with family and whatnot, you're having a circular-shaped rug or a circular-shaped coffee table or something, it helps, again, the, that energy to flow around sort of in a circle smoothly. And pulling things out of the corners and not having things all spread out that will keep that all that energy sort of contained and then the family can be closer together oh that's interesting it's too bad about tvs right we're having that dilemma in our house right now and i just wish i could fold up the tv and put it in a drawer until the times i want it yeah a lot of people i try to get a lot of my clients that don't really have the space for a tv but yet, like, they don't have a designated TV room where they can kind of go, and it's not always the first thing they see when you walk in the house. I try and say, like, do you really need a TV, or could you maybe move to a tablet, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's really where a lot of people are going to, and especially in small condo living, I find that, you know what, at the end of the day, how much are you using that TV? Because it also brings in EMF, it's constantly running um, electrical, you know, energy through, and in feng shui, we look at it, it's called, the, it's the fire element. So sometimes if you are in a small condo and it's like, you know, not even a one room condo, you have a lot of this stimulating energy and it ends up being really hard to sleep too. So yeah, like TVs, they're not, I mean, they're part of life, I get it. But if you can do without one, yeah, I'm all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people have TVs in the bedroom, I'm always kind of, I'm, I feel like that would throw off my chi having a tv in the bedroom and a lot of people do that they do i do and it's also a habit they don't know what they would do without it so that's another thing in feng shui we look at what are the patterns that you have and how can we um break those to sort of shift because part of again it's your own personal chi so the energy that you have and the type of person you are you know, there might be, we might have to unpack that a bit. Okay, why do you really feel like you need to fall asleep for the TV? You know, so maybe we should come up with other solutions and you're not sleeping well and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, trying to work with clients so that they can see the value in maybe giving, making a change in their life slash space because it ends up being the same thing and then seeing how that, you know, works for them and how they can see changes when they do that. No kidding. So do you find that you go into people's houses and in learning about what they're wanting in life or how they're feeling, you're half interior designer, half psychotherapist? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, 
and you tread lightly because this is, you know, it's not like design, straight up design. I mean, you really are dealing with people's really personal issues. And sometimes people come to me and they're just like, no, I just want everything to be like nice. And like, I, I feel like there's something, you know, going on or whatever. But then the people come to me with some serious issues and they're, you know, and, and you end up, you're right. Like, it's like becomes this, um, this blurred line between, you know, psychology, the person and, and, and the space itself. But I always fall back on feng shui. So, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not a therapist, but I always, it's so, that is the beauty of feng shui is you can fall back on it and say, look, like, here's what, here's what this means. And I will tell this to them before they've even said that this is the issue. And they're like, oh my God. Okay. That, and then for them, that gives them something physical that they can work with and it takes it out of them and makes it in their space, if that makes sense. Like it gives them a sense of purpose and, and um, control. Yeah, exactly. Because well. it feels like something you can immediately do to start to change the way you feel. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so much of our of who we are is associated with the space that we live in. You said clutter was one of the biggest ones, you know, and, and the entryway of your house. So what are a couple more? Well, the bedroom is obviously the, a great place to start. So it's next to the entryway, bedroom. So if you can't do anything else, and a lot of people want to use, we have a, a tool in feng shui that we use called the bagua. And the bagua is a, basically it's an energy grid or a map that you use on a space that tells you what different parts of people's lives are. So, you know, there's one for career, there's one for wealth, there's one for, you know, it, it, there's lots of layers to it, but simplifying it, that's sort of where it is. And so people really want to work with that idea, finding, oh, where's my love area? Where's my wealth area? And so I always say start in the bedroom because it's super easy. You know the bedroom is a good, manageable space. You know, step in the front door, take a look. You're standing in the front door looking into your bedroom. And if you find the far left corner of your bedroom, let's just play with wealth, far left corner of your bedroom, what is going on there? Take a look at it and see what's there. You know, papers that you can't get on top of, something like that. Or maybe it's a nice open space. Or maybe it's a plant, but that is your area for your wealth. So what you should you have the there? A, a, a pot of gold? <laughs> yes. Well, hey, that, that's actually, yeah, like I, you can use symbols of wealth. But I think, you know, great thing to start is being, and this is the thing about feng shui, it's becoming aware. And so, you know, I'll go into someone's space and I'm like, okay, you have, um, you know, one chair and dirty clothes there and then like a dead plant. Let's just say, for instance. Yeah. And they're like, well, I said, well, you know, and I don't. I don't want to see scare people because it's not the end of the world. You say, okay, just this is this has a lot to do with resources and wealth and blessings and prosperity. So let's clean this area up. Like let's just like get stuff out of it, and then let's think about what can we put there that is meaningful to you, right? Because we want to everything you do, you do with intention and you do it mindfully. Like you know, what is it that is going to be meaningful for me that means what I want to get from life? You know, more blessings, more this, more that, more this, and then be really strategic about it and intentional and put that there. So plant is, you know, a plant is like rock solid, simple, super simple thing to put in your wealth corner, FYI, that it's growing, it's the wood element, and so you can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. What's on the right side of the room? The far right-hand corner is love. So um, that's your love corner. So taking a look, same principles apply, you know, clearing it out, but different things to activate it. So, yeah. 
So um, you could have a picture of you and your spouse, or if you're you could, single, yeah. you could have yeah. a bottle of lube, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes, if you want that. Yeah, if that's what you're... And sometimes it's funny, like, people really, really want to meet somebody, they're not with someone, and sometimes it actually has to do with yourself, loving yourself and taking some time. You're not maybe ready for that relationship, and you need to heal your heart. So I always say, like, let's figure out where you are, so maybe we need to do that first. And so that's what we do with that corner. I feel like this is so fun. Like I'm giddy just thinking about these these concepts because, you know, we're very involved in crystals right now and um, candles and, and just um, items in our life that spark joy and inspiration. But this is a whole nother layer to it that I feel like if you do the self-care for yourself and you do the self-care for your space – then you're just going to attract more calmness and less stress into your life. Yeah, exactly. And what you were saying there when you say all these great things like crystals and plants and the things that people are loving to bring into their space, feng shui can actually give you a roadmap to do things with it, which is really cool, right? Like you can put it in different places and play around with it. And that's that's what brings the intention into it and the mindfulness, like really being like really when I bring this into my house, what is my intention and why am I bringing it in? Mm-hmm. And knowing that that, so not just bringing in crap to have crap and stuff, but really saying this brings, I love this and I want to give it a place of honor. I'm going to put it, you know, with intention into my home. It's all those things where what do I love, but also, you know, what's my intention about it? One last question. What is the um, uh, deal with mirrors in Feng Shui? Is there, I thought I had heard something like a mirror is never supposed to point back at your bed or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah, there's, um, so again, different different approaches to feng shui. There's many different schools, so you, you're going to read some conflicting things. But essentially, mirrors are, um, they're a great all-around tool, and they do vi- they do a many, many different things. So they can expand the space, they can double the energy of something, they can um, reflect energy back, they can absorb energy. So they ha- it depends, again, comes back to intention, what the cure and what the adjustment the particular feng shui you know, practitioner would be using it for. Um, but it is in a bedroom. Sometimes it's required um, if you can't see the door. So we call it command position. So if you can't, if you're lying in bed, you can't see the door to your bedroom. You might need to put a mirror somewhere so that it reflects the door, so that you can see what's coming at you. Because when you're not in command, it, this is when anxiety and you can't get ahead and you're not in control of your life. All these things sort of kind of creep up on you. And so I say to clients, okay, we'll put a mirror there, like a nice, attractive decorative, you know, that works with your space, if you sleep well. So there's something there too. They say, well, I'm always up and I'm tossing and turning. And so if you can see the mirror, like when you're lying in bed, you can see a reflection in it, I probably wouldn't do it. But all in all, mirrors are, you know, great ways to expand a space, an entryway, um, a tight, small bedroom. And that is really like, it's opening up the area for you. And it, you know, it's like, as my teacher calls it, you know, it's like aspirin for feng shui. Man, Laura, this is fascinating. And I imagine that now with technology, you can, like, someone could FaceTime, you could have your clients on FaceTime and they could be like, Laura, I'm, you know, I'm redecorating my living room. Can you tell me if I'm going in the right direction? Like, am I right? People can use yeah, your yeah, services from a distance. Yeah, I work with all over the world, actually. That's like, so cool. Like, everywhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah, technology is wonderful and amazing. And so we do a combination of video and, you know, Skyping and, you know, talking and conversations. And it would be the same way I would do it in a space. 
And actually, I can even do space clearings remotely if people don't, but it is all because it's all about energy. Awesome. Okay, so how can people find out more about you? You can go to my website, which is morrisfengshui.com. So M-O-R-R-I-S. And then feng shui is F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I.com. Awesome. There's lots of stuff there. Free stuff, free. I have free ebooks. I've got blog posts, videos, tons of cool stuff if they want to learn a little bit more about feng shui. Amazing. Thanks, Laura. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. So fascinating. Don't you just want to know more and more about feng shui now? Seriously. Check out Laura's uh, website, as she was saying, morrisfengshui.com, because she's got some great stuff on there. Just looking at the blog right now. And it's interesting. She was saying to bring some positive energy, brighten up a corner that you've neglected in your house. Maybe it's somewhere where you just throw your jackets or I don't know, there's a pile of books. Make it something or make it more inviting or pretty or clearer. And that's going to welcome more positive chi. We all like positive chi, don't we? Plus, she's got an interesting post on room color. What's a, what would you think would be a good room color for positive chi? I had a bedroom once that was like a buttercream. That was nice. And then I see a lot now that terracotta orange. I get such a warmth when I walk into rooms like that. A lot of yoga studios have really inviting colors on their walls that make you feel a certain way. So if you're thinking about painting, I don't know, maybe check out Laura's blog first because she's got a whole write-up on choosing bedroom colors. And that is it for this week's episode of Mindful Mostly. If you start feng shui this week, uh uh-huh, I want to see it. Share it on Instagram and make sure you tag us at Mindful Mostly. And if you want to get your hands on the High Vibe 5, leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. I'm going to send that right back to you, okay? In the meantime, I will talk to you next Monday right here on Mindful Mostly. Mostly.